0: I've heard of Wild Hogs, starring Tim Allen, with a Rotten Tomato score of 14 <laughs> from the critics and 61 from the audience. What the fuck is that What is wrong? <sighs> Sorry, but prologues. You are listening to the Run. It is the run. This is the run. It Hi. Hello. How are you doing? This is The Run. Thanks for listening again. A comic book podcast about creators, characters, and or storylines. Uh, with me, as always, is Jonathan Kovacs. How are you? I'm doing good here, uh, Dave. Christopher Boyce. He is out on assignment right now. We apologize he couldn't be here. You know how the news is and everything. Do you know how the news is?
1: Yeah. Isn't he researching how the Steelers are going to be like one... Uh, what, one fourteen 14 one this season? I have no idea what their record is. Oh, it's
0: bad. I know they tied with the Cleveland Browns, where I know the Cleveland Browns, they went 0-16 last year, right? Yes. Yeah, that's really bad. That's actually impressive.
1: If you they are tied it, with yeah. Cleveland Browns in the whole entire record right now as well. Wow. wow. Yeah, they're bad. Wow.
0: Well, this isn't a football podcast because I haven't watched the game in like eight years. We are looking at the prelude or prologue Nightfall. After Vengeance of Bane, there was several books that sort of set up the coming of Nightfall in general. We have Batman. Basically, this is Batman getting very sleepy and tired.
1: Yeah, it's uh, honestly, it's very annoying. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'll be honest. um, When I was reading, again, I've read Nightfall before, and they referenced the prelude stuff and the biggest one i remember was them talking about um riddler, riddler yeah. getting hit with venom so i'm like okay that's cool but then you read the rest of the prelude stuff and i'm like uh really there's okay i'm sorry i no. feel
0: i feel going right off the top there's only three books you need to read for this thing and it's the issues of batman batman without a uh, adjective uh, yes. prior to this where you have killer croc uh, Bane fighting Killer Croc. You have the breakout at Arkham, which causes the whole. See, what's thing interesting to go is off.
1: I think that's actually I, that should be part of Nightfall proper, in my opinion. But yes, yeah, well, that's what I'm it, saying. These yeah. three
0: issues, as well as uh, the Riddler getting roided up, as well, because they reference that multiple times in the
1: trade for Nightfall, but it's nowhere in there at all. Well, yeah, because it happened right before it. But yeah, it's uh, it gave me a whole new outlook on Nightfall. I'll be honest. Yeah. But
0: uh, the prelude contains episodes issues 654 to 658 of Detective Comics and then Batman 484 to 491. I don't know how you have your notes set up since I read the singles and you read the actual trade that was uh, out Out for that. In order? Yeah, in order. I wanted to go through the Detective detective Comics stuff first because that seems to be... Completely non, it's a non-issue for the most part besides from Batman being tired. That would be from writer Chuck Dixon and artist Mike Netzer, Scott Hanna, and Tom Mandrake. The best part about,
1: I think, the Detective Comics part of this was the Sam Keith covers. I don't know if the trade had those. Yes, it has all the covers. Yeah, I yeah. liked his uh, his uh, covers on this. It's reminiscent of... Um, the Max? No. Uh, it, how uh, Mike Kelly or uh, Kelly, Kelly Jones. Jones does the covers for Batman, the rest of the Nightfall run. Yeah, yeah. I thought he did interiors, but that's he he doesn't do interiors. Yeah, uh, Sam Keith uh, covers are really good for that.
0: Yeah, you. I mean, if you look at the covers, I think the first cover and the third cover for these runs, so that'd be Detective Six Fifty Four and Fifty Six. Like you can see the Max, the inspiration for the Max there. He has the usual telephone cord torn outfit. And then the other one, he's hunched over getting shot. Yeah, John's looking at it right now. You see Batman coming out of a window on the cover. and It's just his costumes in tatters. But the way Sam Keith draws the Max getting beat up, it looks like old school telephone cords just you know flying all over the place. Yeah, his um, covers
1: are really good. And again, it's it's funny because I'm going to point out that DC had some really good cover artists, but they don't have these people drawing the interiors. And yeah, that's where they're it, lacking. It's a big cock tease. Yeah, it really is. Yeah.
0: And then the, uh, then the one other cover, like I said, I think it was for 656. It shows him getting shot at by like thousands of guns. And the way Batman is uh, stooped over is exactly how the Max is drawn constantly. So it's really interesting looking at uh, artists' previous work before they go on to make their big thing and seeing all their inspirations in general. I mean, you could look at Todd McFarland with his dark and gloomy <laughs> Spider Man stuff and how Spawn became from that. But that's a podcast of a different color. So, in Detective Comics, it's a big story reset, like most books before a big event, just to, you know, give everyone the gritty lowdown. And we start off with uh, Ulysses Hadrian Armstrong, who we find out is some high school cadet nerd who is bullied and eventually burns the school down after
1: reading a bunch of books. (laughs) I guess he's just a child prodigy, and he thinks he's better than... uh He's what? It's a military school. Yeah, a military prep prep school, basically. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So he he burns down this prep school after getting all this knowledge from Sun Tzu and that type of ilk, and he goes to Gotham and hires a bunch of gangs with the promise of weapons and his knowledge. And it's a very generic story where the only difference is he's a child prodigy, like you said. He even shaves stupid uh, stars into the side of his head because he's a general.
1: Again, Chuck Dixon is the better writer. I think of these books, but the fact they gave him this—I don't know who picked this character for him to write—and this being his, it's lacking. It's just—it's a flavor of the month. It absolutely is. He—he actually shows up again.
0: Like I, I, these villains that, with the exception of Killer Croc and the Riddler, these villains we talk about—they show up here and there again. One of them dies off camera pretty quickly, though, which is kind of funny. We'll get to him in a sec. I think he's the worst one out of the bunch. This is also in tandem with the Batman books at the time. So Gordon and Bats are talking about Black Mask, which is we're going to talk about in a little bit as well. I'm sorry. He's, an, he's another okay villain in my book, but we'll talk, to him. we'll talk about him in a moment. Ulysses, or I should say the General. I, I was writing Ulysses early on. The General and the crew named themselves the War Dogs because, you know, they're soldiers. <laughs> and they cry havoc and release the dogs of war and all that. I prefer the wild hogs of war, but <laughs> only 14% of critics apparently agree with that as well. He sports, yeah, like I said, he sports a dumb mop top with stars shaved in the side of his head and other gangs saying dumb shit like Vinnie Vitti Vici and who is John Galt and other shit you find on coins in general.
1: I, It's, I don't know, it's just it's so very stupid. 90s gangster Yes. Era stuff, honestly. Or not era gangster, but it's very reminiscent of, unfortunately, what we do remember from like, okay movies and just the bad lines they use. And it's just very cliche.
0: Yeah. I think think Dixon was phoning it in, trying to prepare, I guess, for Nightfall coming up proper and just like, all right, I just, I got to, I got to fucking do this. There was, when Batman first encounters them, I have written here that he gets shot at and lands on a car as the general drives off. Batman somehow gets so shot so hard, his pants are torn to shreds. I don't know if
1: you noticed that. <laughs> I not <don't laughs> like, You know, might have did. to go through that. But I might like, have to look at that and see. I missed that, I think.
0: He, he got shot at, and I think he fell into a car, but he gets up, and his pants are shredded for some reason, and it was kind of goofy there. Oh, yeah. We, we start getting into gang wars. Bats watches over a rival gang called the Bad Boy Runners when the War Dogs attack them. Bats intervenes. We learn that the Bad Boy's leader name is BoJack. Obviously, BoJack Horseman wasn't a thing yet, but it was kind of amusing to see something to that effect. We get a monologue about young child gang members. This was also in the early '90s, so I forgot about how like gang hysteria, gang hysteria was at an all-time high. Yeah. So, people Are were we, afraid? Uh, that, was
1: it really that bad, or we just perceived it that bad? Because I think it was because. You had movies like Boys in the Hood
0: coming out, and then kind of just made dumb people scared of L.A. and gangs and Bloods and
1: Crips and well, rap. That and I, I just watched uh, Predator Two and the bad gang violence <laughs> and that, and it just I just was busting out laughing at the ridiculousness. Yeah, of Yeah, that, that came out
0: in nineteen ninety. So yes. like that was yeah. in the, that was in the zeitgeist. Predator Two is a movie that was directed by a guy. This is what I always say about that movie. Predator Two was directed by a guy that watched a bunch of uh, Paul Verhoeven movies and didn't. You don't know who that is.
1: Uh, I probably do, but I don't know. He's if the guy
0: that did Robocop, Total Recall. Oh, okay, okay. Just like a bunch of hyper-violence movies and didn't learn anything from them. It was like, yeah, I'll just wing it that way.
1: Well, it wasn't bad. It was just the fact that they used this, like you said, the fear of the gang violence at the time. And it was just so over the top. Some of that stuff happened, maybe. I don't know. But it was just the ridiculousness that they used that gang trope yeah. as a... Ex-
0: yeah, they're afraid. They were, everyone was afraid of children joining gangs, and I, I know that's happened, but everyone makes it seem like this was a garden-variety,
1: normal thing that happened. Well, I just found the page you are saying about Batman being shot at and his outfit being ripped, and it looks more like, my guess is that, because he was on a car, and the car crashed and yeah. hit another car, and it's like he didn't have his grapple hook with him, and he just like fell off the car and yeah. scraped his outfit up, his yeah. suit up, so I don't know.
0: Oh, yes, I remember now. Congress tried banning or gangster rap in the early 90s. I don't know if you remember that. There was a big thing uh, about that. I think Tipper Gore was at the spear of that trying to ban rap. Yeah, but I think I remember that. That what was that that was
1: the, the the heyday of um
0: what was, what it? was it, Ice-T's
1: uh not Ice. Yeah, Ice-T's bands. Body Count. Yeah, with uh Cop Killer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: stuff like that and N.W.A and Snoop
1: Dogg was coming out. It was.
0: It, it's just funny how you, you just remember these things and how they were in the zeitgeist, and it just permeates over into comic books with, with the gang fight in general. Bojack takes general hostage, but the general and his men shoot at Bojack, and, and then
1: he escapes. Uh, the general escapes by jumping off a building. Well, at this time, at this point, then the thing is that Batman doesn't realize the general is the general. He doesn't know that the kid is yeah, the leader of yeah. the gang. So he, yeah, the he basically falls off because Bojack's holding him over the ledge by his coat. And, of course, it's oversized enough that he falls out yeah, of the coat. he jumps out of the coat. Falls well, I don't even know if he jumps out. It looks like he actually just like, like, yeah, he whoops, drops out. slides yeah. out of the coat, which is like so ridiculous. So Batman... This is the part I wrote down because I love it. Batman, of course, jumps off the building, saves the kid. They land... And then the general grabs a piece of rebar that has uh, I don't know a giant like block a big of concrete, hunk of concrete yeah. on it <laughs> on freaking, a fire escape. Yeah, he co- well, it's a, you know an abandoned building next door, so of course. So he cold cocks Batman in the back of the head, knocks him off the building. Batman somehow does not die from the fall, and then he's like, "And I thought you were a warrior, okay, really? Because it takes a warrior to basically you know not get knocked in the back of the head by a freaking piece of concrete." A little kid.
0: Yeah, the world's greatest detective is getting his ass kicked by some Fortnite playing chud.
1: Well, again, you save a little kid, you're not expecting him to freaking clock you in the back of the head with a giant piece of concrete. Batman
0: should be prepared for everything. Uh,
1: I'm not (laughs) doubting that, but, you know, he is also exhausted, so. Yeah. Uh, We cut to Alfred
0: shit talking Harold for some reason. And for anyone that doesn't know who Harold is, in the late 80s, mid 90s, Harold was uh, Batman's mechanic. He was like a Quasimodo-looking motherfucker by uh, offering food and a bar of soap to him, you know, because Alfred's just a shithead. Harold can't talk. He just kind of, like, gives you the thumbs up or grunts. Was it
1: always established that he was just a mute, or he just never talked?
0: I just think he never talked. I'm sure there's probably some big reveal later down the line where he talked. Bats arrives to the Batcave after collapsing and saying how tired he is. Demands to sleep only a few hours and then be awakened and then to be awakened by Alfred, like, I don't want to sleep more than three hours. This is the first we start getting about Batman starting to be tired. And he's bleeding buckets of blood walking away. It's like we we get that he's beat up, but like the the art there is just him on his deathbed by the by the looks of how much blood is all over the ground. Ulysses has turned into M. Bison by this point. He's got the weird M Bison beret from Street Fighter Two, and uh, the cape in general. The uh, his his goons mention that Black Mask, a gangster that we're going to talk about in a bit, is uh, MIA. These this is this, this is also the beginning of the, the the Batman books in general kind of co-mingling with each other. They've done it here and there in the past, but it was just the big story beats of like Robin's dead, or Ro- we got a new Robin, or Robin's missing. For the most part. But these two are reference, referencing each other constantly back and forth month to month, which I think they came out every other two weeks. So you were getting a Batman story every two weeks, which at this point they were on their own as their own stories, but... They uh, were referencing each other a lot, so you can get the cliff notes of what happened more or less if you didn't pick up the other Batman book. But they were going to force you in a little bit to buy them all just to get the damn story, which is a point of contention with people and crossovers in general. Then uh, we go to Bats going undercover as a hobo after waking up from his bloody nap and extracting info on a hideout for the general in general. And he goes to a cleaned-out hideout and realizes that they brought all their weapons against the police because they wrote a note saying kill police or something to that effect. It was just, just, I think it was just a way of tying up the story. It's just like, well, we don't want to waste three pages, uh, explaining how they're at the police station. So we'll just leave a a receipt basically saying kill police. And then the final issue of this arc is just, I don't know. It's okay. It's, but it's a, it's a war on, it's assault on precinct 13. Basically it's, yeah, it's just a random, it's just the war dogs.
1: Yeah. That they, uh, Wanted to take over. Yeah, it's not even
0: Gordon's police
1: station. Here's the one thing uh, that, and it's dumb, but little things that irk me about this is that uh, as an electrician, unfortunately, I look at the reality of this. So the one thing that makes sense is that when they cut the uh, the telephone lines, that's fine, whatever. Yeah. But then right above it, there's a conduit, which okay, I'm going to say is the power conduit. So the guy somehow cuts the power line to the building, uh-huh. but doesn't basically like kill himself. It's like oh, it just clip, and it's like no. No. That, what, if, that, what if he had rubber boots? He does not have rubber boots. That that much of a... No. He's like, not that smart. Would the soles on your boots not be enough on its own? Would you need, like, special boots? You would need probably an outfit, like yeah. gloves and yeah. uh, insulated tools. But, I mean, there'd be a giant explosion because you're cutting how many... It's probably three phase, I'm assuming. I, I don't know. I am just seven saying, phase. It's just... <laughs> no, I get I, it. I started to notice this with, like, books. No, not even so much comic books, but, like, in a lot of movies and TV Media, shows, when yeah. they reference stuff with electricity, it's like... Yeah, I, I know it has to be for show, but that's not how that works.
0: Yeah, i I work on cars, so whenever I see a car blow up when it gets shot at, it drives me irrationally insane because that that would never happen. You could throw cigarette butts in the oil, like people. You always see someone like throw a cigarette butt into like a pool of oil, and it just goes up in flames and then kills yeah. whoever's in it. But you could throw cigarette butts in oil all day long, and it won't. It won't. Do it, it won't light. Yeah. gas, yes, but it's yeah. Once you start getting into a field of something, and you see that the the tropes aren't always what they seem to be, but yeah. it, it, it's 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 funny in a way. It would be good if it it would be good if the the guys that cut the power to the gas uh, the police station just did fry and you just saw them turn to skeletons or something like that. Yeah, this is just an all out fight. The war dogs now with the power of Bojack's gang and a couple of Black Masks gang members. Uh, since they said he went MIA, they they took his gang members are fighting the police and Batman finally comes in and does the Arkham Asylum predator mode thing where he just takes him out one by one or two, two by two, and the general runs off screaming after he takes out the entire gang by himself. And to the general's dismay, he tries to play little baby boy where he screams for his mom and then stabs Batman right in the gut, which was kind of funny because this kid has been kicking his ass for the most part. Like, imagine you being Batman in this... What would we say? He's
1: 15 years old? Yeah, I guess. But the thing is, though, that... Well, again... You know, it's it, it up to this point we're not sure that well in the beginning or I guess he did realize because he found out that the general was actually the kid and he's yeah. like wait what yeah so uh, but again at the at the back end at the last page he's talking to him like we know why he's going easy on the kid because he's a he's a juvenile he yeah he's not gonna kick the kick the crap out of him because he's a kid so I mean he stabs at him yeah but I don't think he I mean it doesn't really say that he hits him he just lunges at him yeah. So he's just giving the kid a benefit of a doubt because, like, I like at the end of it, his line, you know, um, you won't see the light of day until your 18th birthday, and I'll still be here. And next time we won't, next time we meet, you will be an adult. Remember that. Yeah. So he's basically threatening him that I'm taking it easy on you. You're just some dumb punk that thinks you know you're the flavor of the month this month. And yeah, I'm you'll who i you'll show up am. in the Robin books eventually, but that's about it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I want to point out about it because it happens later on in this, not in this run, but in the uh, nightfall run is that you know the general gets all his weapons because they raid Gotham's armory, armory. Yeah, the and, um, guard and there's armory. like two guys on guard <laughs> yeah they yeah. show up with four thugs and, and they're they... just like okay here take it all and it's like wait 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 wait, wait a second there's what no
0: it's like a giant garage yeah. It's like not inside like any type of military base. It's just like some garage chilling on fifth street. Yeah,
1: and I believe that they want they can take it over, but you know, the thugs are gonna lose a lot of guys and there's gonna be a lot more military there yeah. and they're gonna put up a fight. They're yeah. not gonna be like, Oh well, we don't have our rifles with us, we're just out on patrol and you've got Four guys with guns. Oh, oh, just come on in. Just, yeah, yeah, here you go. There's everything.
0: And th- and that happens again. I, th- I think that armory gets raided twice because Bane gets a hold of it
1: later in this. Well, that's the thing, yes. And, and that's then why later
0: we- in Nightfall, I believe, they go to the armory again. Or, or I might be thinking those
1: are the same thing. Were they, uh, Trog takes
0: a sci-fi 50s robot or something?
1: Well, that's the second time. Okay. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, yeah. There's like, the military uh, in the DC universe is just useless. Yeah. And, and they hate Superman for some reason. <laughs> and it's like, really? You can't do anything by yourself, and this is why. Yeah. yeah. But Batman, Batman
0: stops the general... And it cuts to his, the general's family. And they get a call that the mother picks up the phone. And they get a call that he's in jail for murder and extortion and all this other horrible shit he's done. And she <laughs> runs off saying, my baby. And then the rest of the family, which is the father and two other kids. And one of the kids says, is he going to die or get the chair? And the dad is smiling with the other kids smiling, too, saying, we can only hope. Which is the biggest plot twist I would have... I wouldn't have expected that coming out of that, but I thought that was kind of funny. It's just like this kid fucking sucks, and we know it. That's why we sent him off the military. Yeah, to it's
1: almost like that. The dad knew that he was. Uh, what was the Macaulay Culkin movie? Home Alone Two. No, in New the York? one where he was a psycho. Oh, the Good Son. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like the mom's of course blind to it, but everybody else in the family's like, well, he's a psychopath, and we're happy that this happened.
0: Well, here's the other thing. At the beginning of this arc, Ulysses was bullied. He didn't become like the, the badass, if you want to call it that, that he is until he read those books.
1: Well, I'm not even going to say he's a badass so maybe, because he's just an opportunist.
0: He Maybe he was just an accident and the dad didn't want him because the kids are also way younger. The kids that are at home are way younger. and Maybe that's why they sent him off to military school and he was hoping that would finish the job and it didn't.
1: Well, I'm going to say that, yeah, he was bullied, but... I'm going to say that he just was always a little psycho. Yeah. And it's just that he, you know, he, he never really does a lot physically himself. So it makes sense that he's bullied. And then he was an opportunist. He burned a school down, killed everybody in it, but he just was able to manipulate people. Yeah. And it's just that, you know, he's the one that picked on poor defenseless animals. That's all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I always want to point out that this is the first time that we see Bird and Bane and all the other characters. Because Bird is watching Batman, and then he goes yeah. back and reports to Bane about it.
0: Yeah, Bird does a lot of surveillance overall in this, just watching them. And Bane alludes to that they need to up the ante, essentially. And that's just a one-page little diversion there. And we, the, the, yeah, the last panel after the family thing is just Alfred finding Sleepy Batman. Because this will be one of... I'm going to say 200,000 times that Batman is found asleep or mentioning that he's tired and weak.
1: Yeah, and I'll be honest. I actually think that reading this, that we should have did Batman first, but that's fine. It's no problem because I think that a lot of the problems that he has in this book starts with the Black Mask stuff in Batman first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. there, there's a difference in the writing style, which I think is interesting because Chuck Dixon, earlier in the book, in the run, he mentions that Batman's like, he just exhausted the whole time and he, he expresses that. Mm-hmm. And... He mentions something about meditation techniques that he learned years ago aren't working, and all this other stuff. And then, so he, you know, he gets the job done, and he's a little, he's a little sloppy with his work because again, he's exhausted. But by the, at the end of the book, we just see that he's completely doesn't care. He just yeah, he's in he's, costume, pastel. Yeah. And,
0: one of his rules is that you never wear the costume inside Wayne Manor. It's always in the back cave, and he's starting to break that rule left and right.
1: Yeah, they mentioned that. I guess it just on. starts during this run. Yeah.
0: So there's two other issues after this for Detective Six Sixty Seven and Fifty Eight. Same art team or same writing and art team, and it's. Just some nerd hypnotizing men to jump off buildings and crossing names off the list. One of the last names on there is Lucius Fox. That's Batman's... What? I mean, he's he's at the top of Wayne Corp or Wayne Tech, but what would you call that? CEO? CEO? Yeah. I don't know if he's actually the CEO or just...
1: See, the interesting thing is, again, this is when we were young, so I didn't... At this point, there isn't any Wayne Enterprises. It's like there's just Wayne Holdings. Wayne Holdings and Wayne... I think they said Wayne Tech's... Well, Wayne Tech 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 and whatnot. So like a lot of it, and it's funny because I was writing Bruce Wayne's basically a a better man's uh, Donald Trump at the time. Because like all of Wayne uh, Foundation's money apparently is held up in real estate. Yeah, which we'll get to with Black Mask. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just—I just thought that was interesting because, again, we assume a lot of it is Wayne Enterprises, you know, just a big company that's profitable and all this other stuff. And I guess a lot of that stuff wasn't established till later on in the books.
0: Yeah, yeah. You could have called this prelude to Nightfall, but you could also have called this "fuck Lucius Fox" as well because he gets boned a lot in this. Yeah, he gets fucked up a lot in this this book overall, this uh, part of the story. Bruce is invited by Lucius Fox for some government contract called the Echo Project, which involves digital and high-res video, but it's just a component, because Lucius doesn't know the rest, and there's other companies out there that are making parts of this project overall, so it's like we're going to build the arms, and you're going to build the legs, and another team's going to build the brain, and the military themselves are going to combine it, which sounds insane, like Imagine trying to build a car or something that way.
1: <laughs> uh, some parts of it, I think, are actually reasonable because the reasoning is that initially they don't know. They only got one part of the puzzle, basically. Yeah. And then they take the... Uh, Bruce goes with Lucius and they invite their contact out for dinner. And that's when he reveals... Yeah, they, yeah the they're, they're contact. It's in conjunction yeah. with three other companies. And they just did this so that for security purposes. Right. So that makes sense to me. Um, and then we find out that, yeah, that... Or you mentioned him, that the other guy... There, there's somebody basically looking around trying to find everything
0: yeah the the bald nerd at the beginning that was hypnotizing men to jump off buildings those are the other presidents of the companies making this project before we find that out we get to see jean paul from sword of asriel show up as a security guard with the worst overbite from Beavis and butthead i've ever seen in my life i don't know what is going on with the art here it looks insane uh, maybe I'll throw it up on Twitter and just let people see for themselves because there's a couple panels in here just goofy and the art is all over the place for these books. I don't know if they were rushed or something, but like looking at some of these splash pages here with Azriel and Robin jumping around, it just, I don't know, it looks very rushed and the shadows are all over the place. I don't, I, I don't know what you think about that. It, it's a better artist than I am. I'm not, I mean, I'm i am not an artist, but it just, it seems like the quality just dropped off with because then it picks back up in other spots. Like, it, it. I don't know. It's very inconsistent. Yeah, it seems like he just drew the boring pages first, and then he realized he only had two days left and just cranked out all the uh, action pieces over a weekend. But John Paul is a security guard now, and is offhand talking about Wayne Tech break-ins to his boss, or his, his superior. So after the mention of the break-ins, Robin suits up with Asriel, who's wearing a modified version of his their words, not mine, Asriel's costume and Batman's costume, I don't see it. It looks like another villain we're going to see in a bit, and they even allude to that later in Nightfall. And that causes Asriel to go insane. His name's Metalhead, but I think he's badass.
1: See, I don't believe any of that. Yeah, I don't see it being a resemblance or a combination of the two outfits. Um, of Asriel and Batman. But I, yeah, but I also, I guess you could say it's a, similar to Metalhead's outfit, but that's like saying, that's because it's, they're both black think it's that close that it, scared, like it resembles it that Robin later on thinks that this caused Bruce some mental fatigue. I'm like, n- no. Especially with a job or villain
0: like Metalhead that we'll talk about in a second oh, Because he's yeah. only been eight, I looked it up, he's only been in eight issues ever and three of those issues are flashbacks of one panel to
1: this. <laughs> oh, yeah, because
0: yeah, it's like, oh, okay. I was like, and I look at it, it's like Batman 500 and I'm looking through it and there's just like one panel of Metalhead and then him remembering the fight and then, It's like, all right, well, he's never showed up again, or maybe he got killed off-panel as well as Cypher, but spoiler alert. Asriel's costume sucks ass. I don't know why. Even the cover for this shows him in his sort of Asriel outfit, which was the one we all liked. It's just a black ninja outfit with a bunch of 90s bullshit bolted onto his arms and legs, like the pouches and the pods and all that, and he has a big tassel, ponytail tassel, on the top of his head, which if you're going to think about pragmatism, why would you put that on your head? Because someone could just grab that.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the part where that's, it looks like metalhead, which yeah. I don't. Yeah, well, metalheads was a weapon, at least. but again, but that's it, well, that's where the resemblance maybe can be, but there's no point to it.
0: Yeah, it's it's insane, but Robin and Asriel get in on the find the robbers of Wayne Tech, which are just some purple ninjas with chainsaws trying to get at the Echo Project. We see Azrael go crazy again and. Get the chainsaw off one of the ninjas and almost takes out his eyes with it, which is a pretty good scene, I think. Well,
1: I think he's trying to cut his head off, but
0: yeah, I mean, but it's like right in his face, and the artist right here was actually pretty good with the intensity of the eyes and the panic of the other uh, purple ninjas. But Robin stops him and snaps him out of the system, as we mentioned before. The system was the program that made As uh, Jean Paul become Azrael, and he basically turns into a machine with no free will and just you know murders and later does CAD drawings, I suppose, as we'll find out in the actual Nightfall story itself. All right, we cut to that nerd again, getting the second CEO that we find out later is part of responsible for this Echo project. And what I can only call, a, don't know, a 10-car pile pileup. He makes the CEO walk into traffic, which causes tractor trailers to overturn and basically smush him into nothing as he walks away. And the last... Let name on this guy's list is Lucius Fox. And through a very confusing turn of events, we end with Jean-Paul looking at security footage of the job the next day while his boss talks about the purple ninjas being caught and saying he wants to know if there's other inside men on the job that would know about this. And they see the bald guy who we find out later is called, he calls himself the Cypher. He's the Muzak repair man. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it gets so... <sighs> They have one page, and there's like 20,000 word bubbles on it about how, oh, this guy doesn't look familiar, even though people come out of that building every day, and he's staring at the camera, and it's like, well, he's just a Muzak repairman. That's what it says in the logs here.
1: Well, yeah, but again, he's a Muzak repairman, so the old guy could have retired if they even had an old guy. Yeah, it's but just... It, it, honestly, it's a pretty good cover to get in and do what he's trying to do.
0: Yeah, but I guess they use Muzak because he puts hypnotizing
1: messages, as we find out in the next issue... No, actually, I researched Muzak, because I was confused by the spelling, which is M U Z A K. Yeah, it's an actual company. Well, yeah, but they make elevator music.
0: Yeah, like yeah. when I, when we worked at KFC a million years ago, that was Muzak. That was yeah. the brand of Muzak that would play. Oh, okay. Well, I, I
1: was like I was confused by that. I'm like, <laughs> you don't know
0: some goofy ass slang.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't know if for some reason they I I didn't know what it was, and so oh. I looked it up. But basically, yeah, that's a term. That's a company, but it's also yes. a term for elevator music. Yes. So. Yeah. Background music, basically. You know, we, we find out that this guy has been hypnotizing the CEOs
0: through subliminal messaging underlying Muzak, <laughs> the proper company. And the final issue here is a very confusing Tarantino-esque way of jumping all over time to essentially the cypher gets a hold of Lucius Fox and... Is slowly trying to get secrets from him while jumping off, forcing him to jump off a bridge because he's afraid of water or something to that effect. It's- well,
1: yeah, it, it starts off basically that yeah, Batman and Robin are racing uh, to find Lucius. Then it goes to Lucius on the bridge because he's already in the, uh, what was the guy's name? The cypher. Yeah, the weird duck. Yeah. He's in the cipher's grasp on the bridge. And then later on, er, and then it goes to, we finally found out that the other two CEOs or people that died, those were for the other companies that were involved with the project. we mentioned earlier. And then now the government's pulling all the research from Wayne, what version of Wayne Enterprises is this? It's Wayne Tech. Tech, Tech. okay, sorry. That's the thing going for the military. So, and Lucius is like really upset by this. And basically the government's like, well, all the other other people are dead, so we're blaming you for it, kind of. But we're not saying you did it. We're just blaming security. And so Wayne Tech is basically, apparently this is their only project, and it sounds like they're going to like lose everything if they lose this project, which is also ridiculous. But
0: Yeah. It also looks like in this, maybe I'll put this one up. I'll, no, maybe I will put this up on Twitter. We cut to a page of Lucius yelling on the phone, and it looks like he's straight up hunched over cranking one out, <laughs> the way it's drawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess so. Yeah, I I didn't. I didn't. I'll I'll agree now. I wasn't (laughs) thinking that, but I'm glad you come up with these weird ass uh, observations about people in like compromised positions. He's he's hunched over a
0: phone, and the way the panels are laid out, it looks like he's furiously masturbating into the phone. But (laughs) he gets hit. It just goes back in time to explain how Lucius got to where he was at the bridge at the beginning, and we see. Batman and Robin and Asriel who didn't listen. Bat- oh, this is another big thing. Batman didn't have the Bat family at this time. It was just Robin, Nightwing was on his own. There was no Batwoman any- or Batgirl because she was crippled. So Well, she's Oracle at this point. Yeah, though. she's Oracle at this point because she got shot in the spine. So Batman is essentially telling people to shut up and not embracing the Bat family, which also becomes a big thing in this as well. And after Azrael not listening to Batman to go home, Batman, uh, Azrael comes in and saves the day as Lucius, you know, falls off the bridge and they beat this nerd up and he can't hypnotize anyone at the end because I think he got hit in the
1: windpipe. Robin kicked him in the throat or something like yeah. that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was just like, uh, and like I said, the next time we see this guy, there's another breakout, surprise, surprise, at Arkham. And I think he just gets murdered two panels later by like another villain. I think that's what it says on Comic Vine.
1: Oh, I don't even know. If like, yeah, like he's... he's if, if, if they don't mention his name, I wouldn't know that because, again, depending on which artist draws him, it's not like he has anything dis- discerning about him. It's yeah, not like he's 2 faced. Yeah, or, he's just a
0: bald guy with glasses. Yeah,
1: so yeah. you'd never... He, he could be, there could be 20 of them at Arkham. You'd never know that.
0: Yeah, that's why I think this was just another throwaway... This was the only thing this was, was really just, you know, Asriel coming out and showing his psychotic side as well as able to save the day and I suppose keep it under control. That was it for Detective. We're going to go over to Batman now, Batman proper. The writer and artist team, Doug Monk. How do you spell It's M O E N C H. I don't uh, know. Monik, Monk. I, this, is, this is what we mentioned about in the previous episode where you read the name so many times, but you don't know how it's pronounced. Tom Grindbird and Trevor Scott. Are the art team for this Black Mask story? We get Jim Aparo, the regular Batman artist, back after this
1: Black Mask. Do we like him? Uh, I did. I think I still do. Um, actually, I, I never really knew. I knew his origin had something to do with the fact that he wore the mask, mm-hmm. and then he got burnt, and then his his face got disfigured and morphed into the mask he was wearing. And yeah. then he he basically, you know, his face is now like a um, a scarred mask, yeah. and it's black and whatnot. Uh, but I didn't realize how similar he actually is to Hush after, until reading this. That it, it's oh, basically yeah. Yeah. him having a hard on for Bruce Wayne because his uh, his cosmetics family, company. Yeah, his family went bought him out up. and made him go away.
0: Yes, which I think is a pretty sweet deal. If you fuck up your company and then some company offers to help your company out and buy you out and say "get out, we're taking over," see ya.
1: Well. Yeah, right. But if he's not sane, which he clearly isn't, yeah. you're thinking they're just trying to ruin his company and to run him into the ground, even though his beauty product apparently melts people's faces and disfigures everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was a Simon or Roman Sionis, Roman Sionis, we'll go with that. That's his name, was a... So Roman Sionis, who is Black Mask, he was a cosmetic CEO for his company and... One of the products they made when they were starting to go under, they rushed something out that burned people's faces, essentially. It was supposed to be waterproof, and it just melted faces off, and that's when he went under. And then they got he got bought out, like we mentioned, and he went insane, And which I think is kind of metal. He goes to his father's ebony uh, coffin in the graveyard and makes a mask out of that. That's his first mask. That's a lot of work to put into that. Yeah. But later on over the years, this and this is like a – a very generic, I guess you want to say tribal looking type of mask that he's wearing. Because later on, it turns into a skull. The evolution of Black Not in this storyline, but overall as a character. Like, yeah, I think after all Man's Land, he starts turning into a nihilist. And his mask is, no, he's, he's Black Skull instead of Red Skull, essentially. Yeah, basically. Without the racism, yeah. I suppose. But right here, he's like a Jimmy Cagney type fatty gangster that has a super hard on for masks and Bruce Wayne. Yeah, well, he the- he goes his, his, yeah, his gang, which is the False Face Society, all his goons have to wear a mask and he just has it on a wall. He's like, nah, pick your mask, see? All right. They're pretty strict and adhere to that because he gets a right hand man or a number two, if you will, which has a tattoos all over his face. And he's named tattoo because, you know, originality. Later on, when he's recruiting people, there was a scene where some guy didn't, Want to wear a mask at the meeting, and he's like, "My face is my mask, man." And tattoo is like, "No, we wear masks. This is the rules." And he just beats the ever living fuck out of him, which I thought was, if you're going to go goofy, make it stay consistently goofy and make them live and die by that. Yeah,
1: I like that they did that. And yeah. it's interesting that, like you said, he freaks out because he's like, he has the new recruits, and he's like, "Now choose your masks and become initiated into the false face society." <laughs> which, but is- not you, tattoo, and like that's apparently his new nickname is tattoo because. Yeah. That's why I said. Original. He just has, and I, I like the tattoos they pick for him, but it's just, it's just squigglies all over his Well, pit. I mean, the guy's, like, are, you know, he's, he's a black hair assuming because of the shading in the book and the tattoos are just geometric shapes. I'm going to say, and they are, they are cool, but that's, that's apparently already his mask. So yeah. it's like, all right. Yeah. And then he, yeah, he beats up his existing number two, which of course is wearing a stereotypical odd job looking mask. Yes. You know, uh, which I thought was from James Bond. Yes, um, a little
0: on the racist side. Now that I think about. Yeah, it. yeah well, it looks a little like old Fu Manchu looking
1: as well. Well, that's. And, I know, mean, again, unfortunately, we're still in the early '90s where yeah, a lot of stereotypes were like that.
0: Yeah. So why are we talking about Black Mass? Well, he's the bad guy, of course. We at the beginning of this book, a bunch of Wayne properties are getting lit on fire and destroyed, and as we mentioned. Black mask has a hard on for the Wayne's ever since they bought out his company. So he's hiring goons essentially to take all Wayne property and put him under.
1: Well, so like at the beginning of the book, like you said, there's was a break in at one of the Wayne holdings, one of their uh just a building he owns. And it was just a it's a random jewelry store. Yeah. And so Bruce is there in the morning and he's talking to Vicky Vale, who apparently I guess they used to be dating, and I guess now she's yeah. dating somebody else. So there's that. Yeah. And then Batman basically comes back late then it jumps to him later in the evening coming back. And that, what I like is that he's looking around and he finds a, a mask that's on the ground that apparently had been burned and melted a little bit. Yeah, this is and <laughs> fast I'm like, forward bat tech. And I'm well, but but I'm like, he's like, oh, well, apparently the cops and the uh, fire marshals didn't think this was a clue. It's a jewelry store and there's a <laughs> random mask on the ground. You really don't think that's a clue. Like, yeah, it just and again, I know this is a comic book, whatever, but. The fact that they're like oh well that's whatever so he grabs that and then that's when he starts doing his research and at this point he still doesn't know that black mask is actually the villain and then we get to this is where we get to the part where all of wayne a lot of the uh wayne um property well it's uh not wayne tech but it's wayne foundation wayne foundation Ugh, they, they have so many different companies it drives me up a wall all of Wayne Foundation's companies or money is held up in properties. Yeah. And he's thinking that, well, all these... And apparently all these people are scared because there's been a couple of fires and they're all going to lose their tenants. If they have no tenants, they can't pay their taxes. And then, da-da-da-da, Mr. Donald Trump can't, yeah. you know... It's, it's a
0: super convoluted way of trying to take Bruce Wayne out in Black Mask's ideal world. Well, it makes sense. but it like But it just
1: kind of annoys me that apparently at this time all, uh, a lot of Wayne, Bruce Wayne's money is just in being a land baron, and yep. I'm like, oh, that, whatever. But again, I'm a young, you know, this is when we were kids, and we may have, we had assumptions
0: about this. We also cut to while Bats figures out this is a mask uh, with his fast-forward bat tech to get the story moving along at a pretty good pace to figure, get all the players in motion. We see that Commissioner Jim Gordon has trouble in paradise with his fiance Sarah, because she hates Batman. We, uh, we're going to get a lot of this interstitched with the stories at hand where... Gordon trusts Batman, even though he shouldn't, because he's a cop and Batman's a vigilante. And Sarah doesn't trust Batman, and she's basically—it's kind of alluding to that Batman's just—he's just as interested in Batman as he is in her, and you know, second place and all that.
1: What to do, a degree. do you know when she level. showed up in the books? Like, what? What's her career? Is she like another cop? Is she a DA or something? I thought
0: I thought he was always married. Because I'm not going to lie—like, I read the Killing Joke, but i, I don't think they ever mentioned a his wife or his mom in there. So maybe he got divorced and he's remarrying because this is, they straight up say, I'm your fiance and they never mention a previous wife or anything like that. So well, I, I mean, would Barbara guess Barbara had
1: a mother. I think that, I think they either divorced or they, she died again. Yeah. I'm... Who knows what they, I don't know where that stands out with all the changes they make in the books. That's yeah. not my, my question is mostly that she has such a hard on to be anti Batman. Yeah. And that's fine. I have no problem with that. But I just was curious as to was it something with her career or she just was like you talk to my you keep my husband up here all night and we can't go to dinner yeah that's why I don't like you because that is referenced later on as well
0: yeah yeah
1: so we get Batman figuring out that it's Black Mask but
0: in order to do so he has to go undercover into his gang so he puts on the whole Mission Impossible rubber mask he gets in pretty easily he shows up at one bar. And he's like, hey, I want to join Black Mask Gang. And they're just like, oh, okay. So they'll take you to Black Mask. And just remember this for later up in the story, which I, I find pretty amusing. So he goes over to pick Black Mask. Is like, all right, well, pick your mask. And I think he ends up giving him a mask, which is just a, the share zone version of a skeleton and calls him Skull Face. Like, this is yeah. like some... This is some Adam West
1: type level stuff, which I kind of enjoy. At this point, I just want to point out that apparently Gotham City has the best gym system for the homeless. Because previous, uh, it's been mentioned that uh, whenever Wayne Holdings was taking over uh, Silas's company, he had a girlfriend, Cersei, or whatever, that was like some really good model. Yes, yes, that was and part of it. And so his she is now in the subway in a bunch of robes. And apparently, and, and they don't tell you this, but I guess they do show you some stuff that I guess she must have been. Unfortunate enough that she, used she one was of the one of the victims of that makeup. Yeah. Yeah. So her face is so disfigured and whatnot. And then you, there's two gang members with goofy-looking masks, and they're like, okay, put it on, Cersei. And it's a mask of a beautiful-looking woman. Cut to the next time we see her, and oh, she yeah. basically has... Nothing on. You well, know. you know, it's basically like she's been, her body is ridiculous. I'm going to yeah. say, because I, I don't like her, but it's like if you took Kim Kardashian, you melted her face, but they still kept her in a regiment that her body is a yeah. knockout. And yeah. Homeless in Gotham City have the best the gym system. That's all I'm saying. Comic books. Yeah. I yeah. Know so. I mean, because she's straight out living out on out of a, a bag. I mean, she.
0: Yeah, she's she has like a little old lady homeless cart thing, and she looks like something out of a Penthouse magazine in the next panel. Yeah, I know it's comic books, but just, <laughs> yeah. I just was like, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. So Bats becomes Skull Face, and he's undercover. And his first initiation thing is to burn a Wayne Tech build or a Wayne Corporation building or a Wayne Enterprise building, whatever. We're just going to interstitialize all these things. Is that a word, interstitialize? Probably not. But you know what I meant, yes. right? Yeah. yeah. So Batman figures out, oh, no, my guards are in
1: on the take. I have well, to no, tell No, he, he, he asks them. What's weird is uh, this is one of the things. I, I, I had to read this a couple times because uh, there's a panel. You've got the Tin Man goon, the Wolfman goon, and then you've got Skullface, Face, which is Batman. Yeah. So you've got the Tin Man saying, all right, we break in through the service entrance, go down to the basement, torch a place. And then the Wolf Man says, no guards, no alarms. And then Batman says, the guards have been paid to shut off the alarms, which they clearly screwed up the word bubbles, which is a problem sometimes. They do this a lot, I Yeah, noticed. and it, it's really, I know it happens. I don't, and it still happens to this day. Yeah. But the lettering is all over the place. Yeah, and it's very distracting, and it's sometimes very, it, it took me a, I swear, like four or five times. Balls. I was like, what is, I can't figure this out. And then, but, so that's where Batman figures out that all of his, apparently all of the Wayne tech guards or whatever, the uh, Wayne industry guards are all been say, bought off. Yeah.
0: And, that would also explain when we talked about earlier, the purple ninjas easily getting in with a chainsaw. I, I suppose it's all connected well, in some way.
1: No, I think they just were able to break in. I think oh. that, cause that's different. these, these guys are committing espionage. Whereas yeah. those guys were just trying to steal a safe. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm gonna say that's different. All right. Yeah. So we find out.
0: Yeah, like, like we said, they're on the paywall, So they beat they beat up the guards. Robin comes in to help, and then Batman, Bruce gets into his Batman garb for some reason, which is kind of ridiculous. It's just like maybe just stay in the shadows and take off your mask if you have to. It just seems like a time waste. Like, oh, I got to put all this stuff on. They he goes to. Uh, time waster. I mean, he changes that alpha pretty fast. Yeah, but I mean, in actuality, it's like, I gotta get all this stuff off and back on. But he goes to tell Robin to warn Lucius Fox that all these guards are in on the take. And we cut to Black Mask bringing Lucius Fox out of a closet and he starts punching him in the face and then putting his blood all over his mask. And that's the end of
1: so the funny thing is, when I was first reading this, I was like, "Did they already put Gene Paul in the Batman outfit?" I was really confused. Yeah, the coloring. But it's because he's—I guess he must have dyed his hair blonde. Yeah, he's, and I, it took again. It took me a couple of times to realize, "Oh, that's just Bruce with blonde hair." I was really confused yeah, by that initially.
0: I, I did too, but then I, yeah, he's he's blonde when he's undercover. Lucius Fox kidnapped again, even though this technically happened first in the timeline, where Black Mask is beating the crap out of him in order to get the secrets. Of Bruce Wayne's mansions, <laughs> security codes. I think that's what it is. Yeah, he just yeah he
1: just wants he's to. He's just in.
0: like give me the keypad to the front of the gate so I could go in there and beat up Bruce Wayne. Like it's this is uh, so ridiculous. Like I said in the Adam West nineteen sixties way. But then they do dark stuff like he's rubbing with his fingers Lucius's blood all over his mask, which I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it's weird, but I suppose that works in a good. Good way. I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking for anything from you. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's
1: just, it it's, I, I wish I had enough time to go back and read everything because I'd yeah. like to see where, like, like we said, it's all goofy and it, it is, don't get me wrong, but like where the writing style changed.
0: I would say post-crisis. If we're really going to think about it on a macro level, it's post-crisis of the infinite earth. Yeah. But it's just
1: that, yeah, like the goofiness of it. But I mean, again, he, he just wants to take out Wayne. So, and he's also crazy. So. It makes sense that he just wants to break into the mansion. We're, we'll get the
0: cliff notes here because I think we're running a little long. We still have a bit to go. So,
1: Black Mask, uh,
0: Lucius refuses essentially, and Black Mask is like, all right, fuck it, I'm going to kill you. Batman undercover still stops it and gets beat up for attempting to stop that because he's tired and he's weak because also he was staking out Black Mask's gang during all this and he was only working on two hours of, two hours of sleep or more or less.
1: Yeah, so I'm that's, well, that. the one thing, like you said, with the the uh, meat, whenever Tattoo beats up the guy that's like... That doesn't wear a mask. Yeah, well, because, I mean, his teeth are pretty broken, so he has a pretty good-looking mask anyway. But, <laughs> uh, i just like to point out that Batman is like, wow, he's he's really fast, and he's as fast as I was in my prime, and I've been slowing down lately. Is this the first part or the first time when we start mentioning that Batman has doubts about his abilities? Because I'm like, wait a second, this is a Batman. He doesn't, yeah. No, this is this is a bit ridiculous that he's like... That guy's really fast. Um Yeah. What? Really?
0: It this is well, this I think this in the timeline, this is the first time he starts getting tired because he's doing surveillance on black mask as well on rooftops. Yeah, it is. Sleeping. But
1: it, just the fact that he's referencing that the guy's faster than he is, and I'm like, yeah. No, he's not, but yeah. okay, whatever.
0: When he gets beat up, they realize that he's pull his mat. his face is fake and it's a rubber mask that he's wearing, and they pull it off and they're like, This is Bruce Wayne so well, no, it wasn't
1: even the rubber mask. It was just he was wearing a fake scar.
0: Yeah, yeah. But then they pull off the mask and all that, and they realize it's Bruce Wayne, which is something you'd see in the cartoon, whereas they couldn't put two and two together and figure out that, hey, maybe this guy's Batman as well because Batman keeps showing up with this weird, mysterious fella. Black Mask thinks that Bruce Wayne has it out for him, so he runs away while Bats beats up the rest of his gang members, him and his uh, second man tattoo. They run away, and they're down at the Gotham docks. It's just your generic... Batman fight with Tattoo, but Tattoo tends to get the upper hand for the most part, which shows him getting weak again as well. As Batman now has got a serious nosebleed, which will run over into the next couple issues as well. The art also changes into like a Mike Mignola style. When he's fighting Tattoo, it reminds me a lot of the Hellboy artist's type of work as well. I don't know if you've ever seen his Batman artwork, but yeah. it's, very, it's very reminiscent of it. Like it's, this is a different artist, but his, his art was kind of all over the place too. Not in a bad way, I suppose. Like it just it just seems like to change styles over time, like heavier inks.
1: Yeah, at the end it it's,
0: the art's not that bad, I don't think. Yeah. Black Mask jumps into the wharf after Batman beats Tattoo and the police recover his body later, but it's not his body. It was a random Wayne company corpse that was a cover for Black Mask to get away. And Batman <laughs> just gets starts angry, he's like, Oh I failed And it's like, Well, this isn't the first time you failed, guy. Yeah, like, relax. But maybe he's just mad that some fat Jimmy Cagney looking motherfucker got the best of him.
1: Yeah, like I said, I was. This is the first time I read the precursor stuff to Nightfall. And yeah. he. I thought he got like deathly ill as, as part of it or something, which yeah. he doesn't. No. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Because again, okay, so the next issue we get in with Metalhead, and again, it's like... I like this guy a lot.
0: I wish there was more of him. He's so <laughs> fucking stupid. He's just wearing black spandex, and he's got spikes on his face, and he's got this big, long ponytail of spikes on his head, like I a will tassel. admit,
1: the, the, the head whip is impressive because he's able to just turn his head and make this whip. Do you imagine how
0: fucking sore your neck would be or you get headaches constantly? This, Well, guy's unless he's been this.
1: training for this for who knows how long, apparently, because he's like that accurate that he just flicks his head and the whip goes and he just smashes a, uh, a He beer. literally. Ev- yeah. He smashes a beer and then he
0: eviscerates these goons in a bar because he's also looking for black mask and they're just making fun of him. Like yeah. they're laughing at him when he's asking for black mask and he keeps saying that he hates comedians and he doesn't like funny guys. But yeah, his his method of attack is essentially just whipping his head around and stabbing and gutting people to death, I suppose. But apparently uh
1: thugs in Gotham don't have guns either because I would think that half <laughs> these guys would have a gun. I think these were
0: he's at this bar. I'm thinking these are just regular dudes and he's just asking where Black Mask is at. And we're under the impression that this guy's trying to hunt down Black Mask too.
1: Yeah, the nosebleed like you said is really because at the beginning it starts off where he Batman. Batman's just uh, being all pissed off that Black Mask got away. And they really, his nose is bleeding. And then he like, grabs away, away on the grapple hook. And they <laughs> the fact that there's this giant... Uh, Blood spot on a gargoyle yeah, and that I'm he's like, standing on. What, what, does Batman have cancer now? Like, <laughs> like they, they, it's just a bloody nose. It's not like it's... And like, again, they don't really... It's, I guess he got hit in the face and they broke... Oh, it, his nose is broken. That's what it is. Yeah. But it's just that... It looks like a gunshot
0: wound. He left the gunshot wound behind. But that's in general. Like, when he's going up the stairs, when he comes home bleeding all the time in these books, it always looks like he's been stabbed or shot multiple
1: times. Well, and again, so then right after that, we jump to the Batcave, and Alfred's like, I need to reset your nose, and here's some food. And Batman's like, screw my nose, and I'm not hungry. And I'm like, at what point does Batman... Like, (laughs) this this is the part where I started getting annoyed, because I'm like, I thought Batman was supposed to be, like, the world's greatest detective in the, the... the height of basically human achievement of whatever. And all of a sudden he's like, well, because Black Mask got away and he killed two people, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to eat. And my nose, I'm not going to be able to breathe correctly. So that's going to get the job done. It, yeah. At what point does he start to... like? This is the part where he starts to become completely... He, it just annoys me that he's that bad at recognizing yeah. his own health. Yeah. And like I said, the difference in writing between... This book in uh, Detective Comics are astounding to me because Chuck Dixon writes him that he, he he's exhausted and he just is tired the whole way and the way they draw it he's just it's just a completely different way of looking at the character yeah. and it's just this way makes him very whiny and he annoys the hell out of me and yeah it like I said unfortunately changes my opinion of Bruce Wayne for the this.
0: Arc. Yeah, we also cut to Tim Drake, the new Robin, who lives in a pool house on Wayne Manor with his father, Jack Drake, who's handicapped in a wheelchair at the time. And we get our first appearance of someone who will become very important later in this series, called Doctor Chandrakin Solving, which is she's a holistic medicine doctor, but she also has regular medical knowledge. But she is essentially a chiropractor and acupuncture type of doctor. Well, she's
1: a physical therapist. And,
0: yeah, well, a physical therapist. As well. But yeah,
1: she believes more in um, homeopathic medicine than traditional medicine. Yeah, just like Steve Jobs, and we all know how, worked, how that worked out for him. Well, <laughs> that's another debate. It, homeopathic <laughs> works for some things. It doesn't work for everything. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, it hasn't,
1: they haven't figured out the magic uh, cure for it yet. But and she's going to have magic powers later. I'm just going to put
0: that out there as a spoiler, but we'll get to that in a few episodes, I suppose.
1: While Bass is well, looking for clues... Metalhead's yeah.
0: getting sleep.
1: Yeah, this is, I, I made a note of this. That they showcase that this guy's at least smart enough to sleep, whereas Batman's been working all day yeah. trying to figure out Metalhead or Black, you know, Mask. Black Mask. Go to sleep. Yeah,
0: they're both. It, it's, it, when you think about it, and I regret it, it's two people trying to achieve the same goal, but the bad guy's actually smarter than the good guy. Yes, yeah. Yeah,
1: and it's, just, it's interesting, like I said, that Batman now has completely ignored all rational thinking.
0: Like a bad guy you normally does in these books. Yes, exactly.
1: And he's just off his rocker because, again, unfortunately, we don't see Black Mask again, I don't know how long, for all this effort that he's putting into this.
0: As of right now, as far as we've read into the timeline, Black Mask
1: has not shown up when... uh, Although, I mean, it's only been another day since... or probably a day or two since he shows up. But I'm just, just, you know... Yeah, so we get
0: Batman just looking and becoming a madman, and we cut to Alfred confiding in Robin about Batman's lack of self-care and there's a sick Batman the Animated Series cameo coming up right here. (laughs) Yes, it is. It's Harold, the, the mechanic, is on the computer just messing around, apparently drawing pictures and Alfred's, of course, making fun of him for it, but... This is also around the time the cartoon came out, so that was a neat little cameo. It's even the same type of style. Like, the art went out of their way to make it look like Batman the Animated Series, the uh, Tim Deeney look, so... Yeah, I like that they it's a nice did that. Nice little Easter egg. Uh, Bats finds the aftermath of Metalhead's bar fights, and one guy mentions going to a cemetery-slash-crypt. Well, they told him he overheard another guy that was dying telling him to do that, so Metalhead confronts Bats, and it turns out he wants to join Black Mask and not actually hunt him down like we were alluded to and they go off and they do another batman fight. It's kind of funny how Bruce stumbles in this is where I was thinking earlier. It's kind of funny how Bruce just accidentally stumbles into the gang just like that whereas Bla- uh metalhead <laughs> has to keep roast getting roasted by uh dudes and then just murdering them trying to find black mask. It's night and day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was intentional or it was just a, you know, just a thing to get the story moved along with uh, black mask, but it's a pretty decent fight I suppose. Bats can't hit him. Do like he can only do body blows to him because there's spikes all over his face. And then bats realizes, oh, I can just literally slap the spikes off of you. Which he does.
1: He can't. He can't punch him with the fist. But well, he, he breaks uh, what the door. No, uh, uh, he slams him into a coffin, and then a piece of the coffin broke off. So now he's got like something to bludgeon like him with, like a shield. Yeah, yeah. So he uses that to help him. But he gets he gets hit a couple times, like with a head whip and. He'd yeah, slashed a bunch of times. And again... Metalhead you know, fucks him up pretty good. Yeah, but again, Batman's being an idiot, going on no sleep, no food, you know, so he's, you know, he, he prevails. He yeah. eventually does win. Yeah, it's like a good six, seven-page fight, but
0: then it goes into the whole Power Rangers thing where the Power Rangers, you know, in the old TV show would say, oh, okay, let's just power this thing up and finish it and go home. We only got two minutes left, so he just does like side slaps to knock the spikes off him and then decks him right in the face
1: and he well, goes it, down to me it showcases that batman still is physically fit because yeah, all it takes is one to he basically all he just does, punches him in the face and knocks him out and that's it yeah, and it's and just then. that he wasn't again he's not physically fit enough in the beginning of the fight or whatever yep. to be able to handle him in like a two seconds like he apparently always has been do- yeah. able to do
0: and then after he knocks him out Bat, uh, robin and alfred show up Robin says, who's under the mask? Metalhead mutters, look in a mirror, a dark mirror. I still have no fucking idea what that means. Unless that's just what we said earlier where Batman was going about finding Black Mask all wrong while he was, but he wouldn't know that. It's, just, I think it was just a really stupid insult and I'm looking way too far into it. And then Bats collapses, but
1: Al and Tim drag him off and that's it for See, this. I'm not sure if, Black, or if uh, Metalhead says that or Batman says that, which is really confusing because...
0: Either or, that, that that's not the right response to something like that. Unless that would allude to that's Robin in the future, <laughs> which it clearly isn't. And that that's the end of that issue. This next issue sucks ass. I oh want to talk God. about it for maybe 10 seconds. Okay, grease ball. Let's talk about it. <laughs> it's same creative team. Batman's getting more beat up tired. Still a bloody nose. Uh, let's see. Here's Here's my notes on this. There's some guy named Mr. Morelli makes a hit out on Jim Gordon for putting him behind bars. We find out it's this assassin who's not bullseye, but basically is bullseye, but with guns. And he never misses, and his name's Headhunter, and he sucks ass, and I hate him so much. What say you? (laughs)
1: Uh, Yeah, this is bad. The the, the highlights of this issue are that Gordon, I guess, is upset with Sarah because they're just fighting over Batman or whatnot. Yeah, this is a lot of Jim
0: Gordon and his fiancee bickering Which i Which I'm, fi- I'm
1: fine with that. I like that part of it. What's the ridiculous part of it is that it's nice that she recognizes she needs Batman's help. So she goes up to the police building, turns on the bat signal. Batman shows up. She's talking. She lets him know that, you know, they figured out that this headhunter is going after him. Yeah.
0: Through somehow. The- yeah.
1: Which apparently Batman's never heard of because this tool bag is that good that, okay, whatever. He so always, oh, then, wait,
0: wait, we forgot we forgot the mo of headhunter. He no, always likes he, to mention. Yeah, whatever.
1: He's a guy who never misses,
0: but always has two headshots. Until as an MO. until
1: apparently he only killed like one guy because apparently he misses Jim Gordon <laughs> he, the he first misses, time.
0: Yeah, like his wife calls him over the radio at one point saying, "Jim, you have to get back or this guy is gonna kill you." And he hesitates and then he reaches for the radio well, and that's when he misses. So you. here's the thing. God, fuck headhunter. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sarah's complaining to Batman about all this stuff on top of the building. It's raining. And he's like, "Okay, I gotta go find Gordon and, and protect him." And then she's like, "No, wait! You have to take me with you. Really? You think he's gonna let you swing with yeah, him? Like, really? You think that's what's gonna happen?" And so then she shoots the bat signal, which I'm guessing was a precursor to uh, Night's End. Maybe I like that. I don't well, know it if it gets w- fixed. It gets fixed. Well, it later, does. But so I like it. It's just her getting mad. Yeah. And the fact is that he calls everybody grease balls, made me laugh a yeah, lot. Yeah, Headhunter calls
0: everyone grease ball. It, I don't know he has got two little fucking skull tattoos on his cheekbones he's got a stupid white ponytail and mohawk and he shoots guns out of people's hands, but he can't fucking shoot people like at one point he shoots the gun out of gordon's head hands instead of just at the head right away and I really, really hated this issue it well, was, it was the, such a fucking filler issue
1: the fact that whenever Batman does show up so and I feel like for them saying batman's slowing down he it's a pretty okay fight with uh Okay, fight being this guy's such a
0: no. It's not even an okay. Tuesday. Fight. It's uh,
1: yeah. But I mean, Batman takes terrible pretty easily. I think he doesn't get hit. You know, oh, he's got some wicked knives. Which no, they're not. They're drawn poorly. And <laughs> and then <clears throat> he throws a knife at Batman. Batman deflects it. <laughs> Headhunter's like, you're good, but I'm better. And I'm like, no, no, you're not. Like really, like you. How how long has Batman been around? Like this guy does not is not afraid of Batman in Gotham City. You know. Anyway, so and then he manages to hit him a little bit. I don't know if he actually cuts him, but he cuts the suit, but then Batman just basically decks him twice and knocks him out. So it's it's a throwaway. This is this, like this, yeah. Deathstroke, Deadshot, KGB, like you couldn't find anybody else better than this run of the mill. Uh, It was, yeah, this issue's bad.
0: Yeah. Zero out of 10. Well, no, I'll say one out of 10 because I like Jim Aparo's art and I'll always give him a pass, but otherwise it's just, it was complete filler and not necessary to be read. Yeah, the, Sarah comes to an under, Oh, They're also married at this point. There was no wedding in these books, but Jim and Sarah are now married because they mention that in this issue. Which um, I'm fine with them not doing yeah, that. Yeah, they don't have to waste time, but they kind of just mention it offhand. She thanks Batman but says basically get the fuck out now. Like, you know, We don't want to deal with you, but thank you. And then we follow up with – we get another team up with Robin and Asriel where – Bats recaps sort of Azrael to Tim
1: in a half a panel, <laughs> where he yeah. basically says, I went to Switzerland and met the guy. Well, and similar to the last issue where they did the animated series shot, they do a shot where it's basically...
0: Joe Casada's art, it, yeah.
1: It, 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 he either drew it or they got really good at copying it because it's basically... Yeah, Aparo Jackson, did a really good yeah, uh, impression of his
0: art. Bats wants Robin to guide and mold John Paul, essentially. He says that he's a loose cannon and he can kill, but we don't want him to kill and... Hey, stop his killing. Robin goes to hang out with Azrael, and Bats collapses again. This may be the fifth time we've seen him collapse now. At this point, it's just like, I should just start playing Curb Your Enthusiasm ending music over it every time Batman falls down or stumbles away. Jean-Paul is told about the strict copy machines at his job as some dude mugs to the camera or the reader uh, in the security-ish. For Jean-Paul's security job, he has to overlook people making copies for Wayne Tech Because if they make too many copies, they can send those copies out to corporate espionage in general. Which, guess what? The guy that was mugging, right? The camera asking for copies, does to a shitty biker gang
1: that have moved up to corporate espionage. Yeah, which is rather (laughs) impressive for a. But it's Gotham City, so they're they're
0: ahead of the curve. Yeah, like this this guy afterwards goes to this biker bar and says, "I couldn't make the copies because they have a security guard there now." So the bikers decide to with their handguns raid Wayne Tech but we all know Wayne Tech's security sucks ass because everyone's just getting in there nowadays and beating up Lucius Fox and everyone else
1: so well unfortunately that guy comes back with him who's a Wayne Tech employee yeah he gets
0: them in he's like hey
1: Charles it's uh are you in charge yeah well no he's like I forgot my key my key let me in okay no problem then he just clocked that guy unfortunately
0: Robin's also teaching Jean-Paul stealth instead of just you know brute force He's the... Uh,
1: and that's the interesting thing, is I thought that... This is John thing, Paul's reckless. Well, no, what, what I'm getting at is, I actually, again, before reading this stuff, I thought he was going to be earlier in the books, and I thought his training was going to be more extensive, which I found out it wasn't. So it's a precursor to why this whole thing failed. Yeah. And like the first, I mean, it's just little stuff that Robin's trying to teach him, like we don't go after, like, if they already have the guns, we don't go after them. Like, you have to disarm them first, do this, do that. Yeah. It's just little things. Yeah. And as you said, this is the first time, this is actually when he gets the outfit. This is whenever John Paul actually first gets the job at Wayne Tech. This is yeah. like the first thing. So, yeah.
0: apologies for being a little out of order. It ends with Bruce finally asking for help from Dr. Kinsolving, like, admitting that he's starting to get tired and beat up and he needs to talk to a doctor of some
1: sort. And that,
0: that's it essentially.
1: What I like about it, though, too, is at the end of the fight with Robin and John Paul, that, and they do a pretty good job of actually handling everything. Feeding nobody gets the Sons of Hamarchy? Yeah, I mean, nobody gets what shot. They, they put them, they, you know, they bust it up, but then Robin said, you did a good job, man, and John Paul's like, good, just look at this carnage, which they were in a fight. Of course, there's going to be whatever. Yeah. He's like, if we gave each other half a chance, we'd make a good team, and Robin's like, hmm, sounds like me talking to Batman. I just think it was interesting they put that in there as the way their relationship changes, yeah. the whole extra run that this Robin John Paul's is like Batman and John well, Paul. Well, the John Paul's like, we could make a good team if we work together. Okay, that's cool. And Robin's like, well, I've been saying that to Batman, but and Batman's yeah. been pushing me away. Well, as soon as John Paul later on, he goes back on what he's saying now. Yeah, so
0: yeah, it's part of the system. But all right, this is this is where we get to all right, Batman four eighty nine. This is when it starts becoming what I think is the only stuff you really have to read is these last few issues. Look at this fucking cover. Uh, if, if you're listening, if you're, you're listening right now, 489, <laughs> Batman Volume 1, 489. I want you to look at this cover. Did you know who that was? It's got Robin knocked out in the corner. You got Batman jumping on Bane, who's finally showing up, and he has some green dude in underwear and a headlock. Did you know who that was? Initially, no. Cause Neither these, did I. I. I thought it was some it looked like fucking Justin Timberlake around the 2000s when he had that curly ramen hair. Yeah. I was like, who the fuck is this? It, it, like, it kind of looks like a Killer Croc type looking dude. And yeah, it's, it's Killer Croc. There's a, the covers for these couple issues before Kelly Jones takes over are very Liefeldian, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I don't... Batman that? has 80 teeth. Like, look at that picture of Batman on this cover. He has way too many teeth. The Killer Croc has too many teeth. It's, I don't know. It's still better than to, what I can draw, but.
1: Yeah, I was trying to. Uh, was it Travis Cherist? Oh, my God!
0: Cherist? Travis what? Cherist? Well, he's come a long way, dude. He's a good artist now, but oh, well, I feel okay. like a
1: shitbag. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. These, these,
0: these, these covers aren't good, but you well, know, I it's like better than what the, I can draw. The last
1: cover with Robin and Azriel jumping, that one's fine. I like all the other characters in this, because, uh, like you said, it's very life out ish. It's yeah. better than life because yeah. he can at least draw wrists and. Hands and uh, we don't see any feet, so maybe he is like life out. Because Batman's one foot would be blocked by Killer Croc's. Yeah, hand, there's a lot of
0: feet hiding on this cover. In fact, Killer I think Croc all of them looks are. horrible. Yeah, Killer and Croc looks absolutely was, awful. And Bane doesn't look powerful at all. Well, I mean, he just looks like a regular muscly. He looks like John Cena. I mean, yeah, muscly, but, but not like the the yeah. brute that he is. So. Yeah, that, that covers price. That's, that's kind of funny that I just found out who that cover artist was. We get, a, we get a recap of Killer Croc. He's kind of just a scared boy now and living out on the street after getting his butt handed to him by Batman. And he's recalling his glory days. Interstitched with this is Bruce talking with Dr. Kinsolving. Croc's, Croc goes on a rampage because some homeless guy kind of bumps into him and gets scared, which reminds him of his childhood of getting bullied. Yeah. Yeah, so then he just he, he just kind of like goes into that rage mode you'd see Wolverine go into. Bane sees this on TV because the news is covering it, and Bird fills him in on how he almost beat Batman, so Bane decides to test his strength against this, which I think is pretty cool. I like when villains go against each other, gauntlets like this. And Robin sees a report while Bruce sleeps saying Batman... Well,
1: the it. reason... You skipped over why Bruce... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Bruce and kids- Can-
0: solving Go ahead. You, you, you go ahead well, and take that.
1: He finally makes an appointment with uh, Dr. Consoling. they're just talking at the botanical gardens. Yeah. He's just starting to explain his issues that he's having. He's exhausted and whatnot. And then she also brings up the fact that I guess she must have got a scholarship from Wayne. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne University, Wayne yeah. Enterprises, whatever you want to call and it. And he had no I I- honestly had no idea. And he actually thought that was the reason he chose her. But it was just a coincidence yeah. is all. And she yeah. thought it was spe- special for whatever reason. Um, and then basically they're just talking about, he's just talking about how exhausted he is and just tired and he recaps his history to her, which he's not sure if she knows. And she says she does because everyone knows because he's
0: like you said, he's one of the most popular people, prominent people, people like in America. And
1: then, uh, the only thing, I mean, it's not that big a deal, but the thing that's interesting is that for her being homeopathic, she does issue, she does prescribe him some drugs. Yeah. I can't think of that. what, what? It doesn't matter,
0: but she, she has a rate. She's not just a quack. She actually has medical training, is what we're getting at. Well, uh, she's
1: not a quack. It's just, a, yeah. yeah, but. Um.
0: She, does, she doesn't believe in all, like, I mean, we'll get into it later, but like, she has the healing crystals, I'll say you that much.
1: But yeah, so like you said, then Robin uh, sees the report. Uh, I want to point out that this is the beginning, this is the first issue where we see the Batman, or the Superman memorial. Yep, I have uh, that written
0: down too, Superman armbands. Badges. Yep, they start wearing the Superman armbands around these uh, couple of issues, because this is around the time Death of Superman happened. Which is funny, because the first one we see is on Asriel. Yeah, yeah, Asriel's the first one to step up and show it. Uh, I believe Batman also wears them in the next issue. Uh, Robin's also sporting one, which is a cool continuity world-building Yeah, Batman does have one in the next issue, but yeah. I, just, I thought it was interesting that out of all the characters, Asriel's the first one to <laughs> wear one. Uh, so Robin sees the report of Killer Croc while Bruce is passed out, and he says Bats has to show up, or else other crazy people are going to get the gist that like Batman's letting this guy run free. Why don't I get to run free? He gives the costume to Jean-Paul to... Kind of cover for the the legend of Batman, while Bane also suits up to go kick the crap out of Killer Croc. In this, he's in a mall now, I believe, an outside mall or something to that effect. Well, no, not he's inside. Yeah, inside. it's, It's whatever. Croc is just attacking everything. Robin and Jean Paul. Now, as Batman shows up to fight. And Jean Paul sees Bane and immediately shits his pants. Well, not literally shits his pants, but he's completely stunned. Bane steps up the Croc. Yeah, so actually, no, I,
1: I think that's a pretty cool image the way they do it because uh, there's a closed circuit TV. I guess it's a electronics store, and him and Robin are fighting Killer Croc, and then Bane shows up, and I guess there's a cam. It's one of those old setups where there was a camcorder in yeah, the d- store. The would always go in front yeah, of the TV. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah. Batman is... Robin and Killer Croc have their backs to the TV. Batman's facing them, but he sees the TV, and he sees Bane in the TV, and he's like, well, who's that? And he turns around, then Croc basically gets him in a uh, wrestling hold. In, a full Nelson. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that image... I Actually, I think that was pretty cool. I like that yeah. they did that. And yeah. it's just like the reveal to Batman... Well, it's not even Batman at that point, but just the reveal, and he's like, who's that
0: guy? Robin also kicks Killer Croc out of the stun hold from Batman, and then Bane steps up, and he likes to say this a lot, I've noticed, and from what Chris said in of prior episode, I have read this entire story with him having a Tom Hardy Bane voice, and it makes it so much better. I love it, dude. <laughs> his first his first words is tonight, I am your Bane, fueled by venom. <laughs> I I think I like it. I honestly love it. He breaks he just clatters the fuck out of Killer Croc here. He he gets his drugs into him and immediately Breaks his arm. Yeah, We find out later, apparently he broke both his arms in the next issue or two. Bane kicks him into the stuffed animals and he has an Arnold Schwarzenegger type of line. Stuff you.
1: <laughs> yeah, they use a lot of, uh, I feel like Arnold tropes. In these he books. says,
0: yeah, Bane has a lot of Arnie one-liners that I've written down yeah. in here. I'm just like, what the fuck? I mean, I'm fine with that. Bane walks by Jean-Paul as Batman and immediately says that it's not him and he just keeps going. And that's basically the end of the issue, which is saying something about how smart Bane is. He's been studying Batman so long that he knows his mannerisms and the way he moves that he can see right through that mask right away that it's not him.
1: Yeah, and then the last shot of the issue is that Bruce is still sleeping, but basically he's having nightmares. Yeah. So we're at the
0: penultimate issue of this prelude here where the cover is Batman with a thousand teeth again getting his ass kicked by the Riddler who is now hopped up on Venom and super muscly in this which kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know. I don't like seeing the Riddler as a bulk husky dude. I like him being a little nerd wearing his little stupid uh, trilby.
1: Well, I think it was a good choice then for what they did.
0: Yeah. So Robin and Jean-Paul start uh, talking to Gordon, but Bruce shows up and sends Jean-Paul packing. This is something, like I mentioned before, Batman's going to do a lot. He's going to tell these guys to go away.
1: Well, so here's the thing. Again, I don't fault him for thinking this, but the, the first page is Batman waking up. He, he sees the uh, bat symbol out there, and he's like, "Oh, I'm still foggy from the sedatives, uh, but I need to go out there." Okay, you're he's basically you're on, on a DUI, and you're gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. He's a man on a mission. Yeah. Well, he's really. But stupid. he he
0: shows up to tell Jean Paul to go away before they actually talk to Gordon, I believe. So. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Gordon gives bad a riddle note the the usual riddler thing where he clips out letters in a new uh, magazine and then puts a riddle there. What crowns just one, but beats a dozen Bim, bam bum, some percussion I believe that's what it says and did you did you even try to figure out the Riddler riddle or did you just keep reading?
1: Uh, I just no? kept reading because no. I I like a- to think I'm smarter, but sometimes the riddles I'm like it frustrates but, well, you the thing is though that Later we don't know when, that exists. Well, when they solve the riddle, it's like, oh, it's because this building's right here and it's the Thomas Wayne blah, blah, blah building. I, well,
0: I don't know that. So yeah, how yeah, am I supposed to figure yeah. that riddle some, out? Some, some, some of, of, his of them riddles, are like so You it. don't know the world, so yeah. it's based off of things that don't actually exist. Bane and crew are also now, it's not just Bird. Bane and his whole company, Bird, Zombie, and Trog are all viewing this from afar. Bane is noticing that Batman is different and moving slower, et, et cetera. Like I said, just like last, uh, last issue where he noticed that John Paul was not actually Batman. He's noticing that the Batman he knows is Batman <laughs> is not acting the same. But it's still Batman, if that makes sense.
1: See, now that you say that, that doesn't make sense that he would know that. Because he would think that that was the imposter. If
0: well, maybe it's the things like, I don't know, the way he holds a fist. Or the way he puts his shoulder, <laughs> <know>. body posturing. <laughs> maybe, that's just, I don't know. That's just, It's the way of showing I, I how think smart Bane Yeah, is.
1: I, I agree, but it... it Attention to detail. I, I he also All
0: talks right. shit on Riddler. Just... just telling Bird that he's dumb. He's a, at least it has a chance to assess his mind. Batman and Vance at least has a chance to well, here's, assess his mind. here's
1: my question. that Bird says something about, uh, but what about this new criminal, this Riddler? And I don't know if it's just that it's when he says this new criminal, he's like the one from today, or if he actually says new, is, he has no idea who the Riddler is. They That's don't know. The,
0: Remember, they came from Santa Prisca.
1: Yeah, but Bird so. knew who Killer Croc was. And so my thing is that you would think they would, hmm. they would have done some research. He's acting like Riddler's completely new.
0: Hmm. Maybe so, maybe he is in this timeline because, like I said, this is post crisis. So oh, I don't know. Okay, yeah, this is only maybe six or seven years after crisis. So maybe we haven't seen the Riddler after that. For all we know, I mean, we should we probably did, but he wasn't in the picture at the time. I don't know. Chalk it up to weird editing. I suppose. Uh, I
1: guess they're just not that good at doing their research, but, like they yeah. Think I like they
0: are. I like how Bane just calls Riddler dumb, and he's going to figure out the riddle before Batman and get there, which he does.
1: And we find
0: out that it's at the Belfry at Crowning Hall. It's a clock tower. That was the. Uh, answer to their riddle. So they're all on their way there. Robin also tells Batman about the Bane encounter. Bats gets mad and sends him packing, essentially. He's just like, you know what? Fuck off. I can do this on my own. I don't need your help. Get out. Which is now maybe the third time this has happened out of a total of, I don't know, 42? Yeah, again, I don't understand why he's doing this, but this is It's too dangerous. But yeah, yeah, Bats figures out the riddle, but Bane gets there first and shoots him with a comically big needle gun. (laughs) <laughs> which is full of venom
1: darts. Which he uh, is funny because he's got six,
0: seven holes
1: in this, and two of them weird misfire. Which is—I I know why they did it, but yeah. it just looks—it's just give it's him a not freaking Tom and Jerry card. Just now. give him a trach gun with a, uh, a syringe, and that's all you needed. Not this yeah. needle crap. But
0: the Riddler was also wiring this place of explosives as well. Before uh, he's going to blow up the place at midnight if Batman doesn't get there, and. Bane tells the Riddler that he's got 48 hours of venom and leaves as Batman shows up. This is where we see Batman wearing the Superman armband as well. After a fight with a super-powered Riddler, he escapes and Batman stops the bomb, but notices the darts and analyzes the drug and recognizes it's venom. So tri- he's remembering from the first episode where we talked about the uh, well, I like how drug.
1: he initially swoops in, he kicks Riddler, and then he's like, Got to locate the explosives, and the Riddler like jumps up and he's like, "I felt yeah. nothing, Batman. You can't hurt me." And he's like, "Wait, he's not out? What the hell?" <laughs> yeah, that's, that's he's like freaking out because the Riddler's like not
0: unconscious because he's so used to knocking him out in one hit, and then yeah. he's shocked that Riddler's just going toe to toe with him. But Batman stops the bomb as the Riddler escapes. It was just one of those—you either get me or save the building and everyone else in there. So more Doctor Chandra talk with Bruce. What would you say about this? He's he's analyzing the Venom darts while talking her over the phone. He doesn't care about her conversation right now. It's Yeah, like, just like me. It's yeah. just, I get it. He, he needs to set up a, a relationship with Chandra. We do that, and then he passes out the bad computer. We get another riddle. It rises where it is low. Side poison, chaining bottom to top, it will go. Uh, they say it's, Bane says this one is way too easy, which I don't know how he got the answer to this, because this is like a leap. Side poison is actually Poseidon. That's
1: what, yeah. I, I figured it was Poseidon, but
0: oh, you did. Like, I, I don't know how they came to that conclusion, but says the venom will make him dumb. So that riddle, that riddle was way too easy. But it's kind of weird if venom makes you dumb. How is Bane so smart? But
1: well, apparently because yeah, Bane uses it later on. He says something about he uses the venom to. He needs a jolt for his brain and yeah. he uses it to get smarter. So I don't know. Maybe
0: maybe to the untrained, it just makes you stupid. I, I don't know. <laughs> they you have to I guess expect our uh, you know. Raise the expectation or lower the expectations a little bit. Riddler, in a super convoluted way, like all his plans, he has a bag of poison tied to the docks out at Gotham and the tide is rising. And when the tide comes all the way up, it'll
1: wash the bag away and poison the fish? (laughs) Who's this gonna poison? And then poison the people because they're gonna fish, they're gonna eat the fish.
0: That's like if I said, hey, let's go down the freaking Monongahela River
1: (laughs) or the Ohio River, fish and eat out of it. No one is that fucking dumb. Well, no. Apparently, well, that's, I don't think it's that they're that dumb. It's just, again, this is not Pittsburgh. Apparently, the fisher fishermen do eat the fish in Gotham City. His whole plan is basically a convoluted plan to poison the citizens through the fish. They're going to get poisoned by this poison, it's, you know. So, and again, like you said, the riddle. I'm like, it's insane. I'm like, he said it when it's low, and it's talking about high tide. So either I'm not dumb, or I, I don't know. It's it's insane, but. <sighs> Bat shows
0: up and Riddler cleans his clock, and then Bane's goons show up and just base, not basically, they actually do gun down Riddler, in, well, not in cold blood, but he straight up just gets shot several times by Tommy guns and assault rifles. Yeah,
1: and then again, Batman's all stressed out about everything that's going on, but he's like, he sees them and he's like, get down. First off, he's in, I don't know how deep a water, so he's already waterlogged. He jumps at Riddler and tries to save him. And he's like, too slow. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you all of a sudden faster than a speeding bullet? Yeah. Like, again, the writing, it's, yeah, you're too slow, but hey, Riddler's not dead. And at what point were you, I uh, do it just... Yeah, it's, it's insane. Like, I guess Venom
0: makes you bulletproof as well, to a degree. Well,
1: I, I imagine it does toughen your skin up. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Yeah, too slow to save the Riddler. You were never faster than a speeding bullet. You're not (laughs) Superman. Yeah,
0: but he gets Riddler out of the water and he gets the riddle bag of fish death off the pier before. And it's like a little doggy bag. It's not like this big, bulbous thing. It's like, how is this small little bag that's maybe 12 ounces at most that could be full of something poison this entire river? He gets it out and then Bane tells his crew that Riddler was too easy and Bird suggests blowing out Arkham. Like he has the plans for Arkham Asylum and are like, we got to think big now. It's time to cr- uh, crank it up a little bit, which brings us to the final issue of this entire story where the Gotham Armory still has just a couple guards and Trog is literally
1: controlled. Well, Wait, we, I'm sorry. Can we start this? <clears throat> this so this is Bash, uh, Batman issue 491, Yes, which I actually think should be the first part of Nightfall, but apparently it, it's not. I, I, th- I would say that the previous two issues should be as well. I'll also agree with that, but this is the beginning of Kelly Jones's cover run, yeah, Yeah. which is one of the best runs I think of a story arc in almost all of comic history. Yeah,
0: so we start off with (laughs) the the armory again getting robbed by some stupid sci-fi looking robot toy out of the '50s, being controlled remotely by Trog, and the soldiers are scared and run for their lives because they're a bunch of pussies. (laughs) It's it's, it's com- bad. It's it's yeah. It's goofy. Bane robs it blind with. For th- he said they only got a few minutes, so they grab rocket launchers and machine guns and all that, which we will see. Don't forget employees. the stingers. Yes, don't forget the stingers is what they specifically say. We cut to Robin cutting Jean Paul's hair, and he no longer looks like a fucking boob, essentially because he had the long, flowing locks that he gives him a haircut. Yeah, he gives him a haircut. I. I, I I just hate the way Jean-Paul looked prior. He looked so fucking dorky. We
1: had the old, uh, what, bowl cut? Is that what that was? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he looked like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It was uh, a Kurt Cobain look.
0: Okay, yeah, I'll go with that. That, Jonathan Taylor Thomas fucked Kurt Cobain, that's what their baby would look like. And
1: and in between all that, Bird's basically saying, they're trying to figure out who to free first from Arkham. Yeah, they're planning their assault. And they're like, well, the Joker's the one you want to do. Yeah, and then so we also we
0: also notice that John Paul's starting to get even meaner in general, more of an asshole. Bane breaks Joker out by using Bird's Falcon to carry a balloon with a bomb in it. <laughs> get,
1: I, I'm impressed with how good a how accurate like Bane is trap. with a rifle. though. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's yeah, it, it's pretty ridiculous. And it's like I don't. You're right. I don't. So they free the Joker, and then all of a sudden, then they shoot the rocket launcher at the the. At Arkham and it's like why so, don't you just do that in the beginning yeah,
0: why, why do the mousetrap thing Joker
1: when, kills because of the bomb one guy's dead one guard's already dead then Joker kills another one and then they shoot the rocket and it's like just do that from the beginning the yeah. bomb yeah the bomb was stupid
0: yeah but I, I don't know it was, was kind of fun in a comic bookian way I suppose uh, uh, Guy Ritchie type of mousetrap design where one thing just keeps spiraling into another thing until it's out of control Uh, Yeah, Joker grabs a guard shotgun and just starts going crazy while Bane opens up more by firing rockets into the asylum. A lot more killing, and then he takes the owner of Arkham Asylum, Jeremiah Arkham, as a hostage at one point. And then Bane has zombie airdrop guns for the inmates. While this chaos is going on, they start just all the other guns that they stole from the armory, uh, they dropped onto the uh, prison population at large for them to overtake it. And... Bath gets news of this and goes out alone again. He refuses to let uh, Asriel and Robin come along. And he tries to save the day, but basically fails, I would say. Everyone gets out, 2 Joe.
1: Well, there's a couple key things here I think worth noting. Gordon's up on the uh, top of the police building with the signal. Yeah. Then he gets summoned to the mayor's office or the mayor's mansion. Yeah. Batman's already on his way, so he already knows that there, there's an issue going on there. Yeah. And, yeah, he scolds them. The mayor
0: becomes a key Uh, Component later in the story as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, Joker. Again, he does some kind of weird mousetrap thing with the. It's like something on a saw.
0: The movie saw. uh, uh,
1: Again, I'm not supposed to, but I'm really confused with the way this works. But he, yeah, it rigs him up so that he's going to basically blow his own head off if he falls down. Yeah,
0: he's like on his tiptoes. So if he gets down, if he gets down on his feet, there's like a string that'll pull the trigger and shoot his own head off.
1: So uh, the one thing is interesting is that. I'm going to point out the redundancy of this later on but, uh, or in the next episode. The mayor basically wants Gordon to shoot to kill all the inmates Yes. and Gordon's like we don't do that. That's not we don't kill. And so then it goes cuts back to Batman Arkham. He's doing whatever. He's beating up a couple of the lower end thugs which I don't understand why they're in Arkham if they're just crooks, because I thought the asylum was basically for all the psychos. Yeah. As soon as the Gotham police show up, unfortunately, then Bane lets loose with all of his other cronies, and they blow up every single cop car with more missiles. Yes. And then at this point, the rest of the inmates all escape. Batman frees Jeremiah Arkham, then you are now one tirade (laughs) on the last page. Not
0: a tirade, but Bane escapes, saying, uh, if I didn't want his blood by so so badly, I would, uh, almost feel for him or feel sorry for him and the last panel of this is batman screaming at attention now if it was just saying yeah that'd be one thing but it's N-yarr! like it looks completely stupid he's just going N-yarr! no one no one yells like that no one yells like that if you go yeah that's one thing but the adding of that end just makes the sound completely different and ridiculous and just a goofy way of ending this and and that's the end that's and then we go straight into Nightfall from here. And it looks like you have a trade with uh, some in this collection. It looks like some oh uh, art that they did for Bane. Some sketches for some, him, yeah. Like that. It looks like one here where he has his mouth exposed is some type of like prototype for a sketch by Graham Nolan. Yeah. It just, it just looks like the animated series version of Bane. It's just his nose and his mouth is exposed. So oh, that's cool. At least they put that in there. That was the prelude. Uh, what would you rate that out of 10? Uh, I don't know, maybe a six. That's, that's what I got as well as a I six. I mean, like
1: the, the thing that bothered me the most about this was the difference in the writing styles, and Chuck Dixon writes Batman, and, and again, this is just because, this, I, you know, I look at this, and I'm just annoyed that Batman's, like, so stupid. Yeah you know, he just, you know, it's stubborn. Yeah. And it's just like, at what point, what, what, what's going on here? Why are you being like this? Because you yeah. it, that's not like you. And Chuck Dixon writes somewhere where he's exhausted and it's more believable to the way I would want him to be. Yeah. It's disappointing from what I thought. Like I said, it's been, I never read the precursor stuff until this yep. now. And I'm not as, it's changed my opinion on a lot of this story. I still think the whole Nightfall thing is really good, but it's changed my opinion because I just don't like the way they set him up as being as weak as he was. Yeah. Um, the gauntlet he goes through is exhausting, don't get me wrong, but it's just, they, I thought that he was like, I remember reading something that he was sick or whatever, and it's like, he's just like stressed out and all this other yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. I'm going to say that a lot of this actually starts, his downfall starts with the death of Jason Todd.
0: Yeah, that, that, that comes but up later, But that too.
1: being said, I feel like, again, the prelude to Nightfall, it, it, you could probably do a couple years before this, even though, you know, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I don't have enough time to read all the stuff before this, and I'd right. love, I would love to be able to do that and see if there is actually a better start of the, the downfall, but it, it was frustrating to read because it wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah. I, I gave it a six as well. I really like the art for the most part. The Sam Keith covers really did a little nice addition, even if it wasn't all the interiors. The last three issues I think are really, really good. fuck the headhunter thing. They were competent stories overall though. Like they didn't seem necessary, at least all the stuff in Detective Comics. But it was nice to at least get a setup of Jean Paul showing back up, and then I don't know Sleepy Time Batman and Doctor Kinsolving, who's going to become a major player later in this story as well. But yeah, I mean they were just garden variety run of the mill stories with a good setup at the end. And fuck Headhunter, man, just fuck him.
1: I yeah, he uh, one that, of the worst yeah. fucking
0: villains I've I've seen. It's so generic.
1: And the general is a better character than him. Yeah, he, yeah. like I just yeah he uh, that that whole story. I liked the plot device. Of like them having an assassin, it's just the way they wrote him and him thinking he's whatever, and he's like, "You're just a bum on the street, and yeah, your outfit's it was horrible." It together. And, yeah. yeah, it was just it was bad.
0: Uh, Chris is like I said, Chris is on an assignment watching a Steeler game, I think, or. Something so I'll have to get his as well, but the average is a six for us on this altogether. Uh, we're running a little long, so I'll probably read this email next episode. But if you have any emails, unfortunately,
1: we, I feel like these ones are going to be because whereas the last couple stuff was more streamlined, yeah, these issues are going to be jumping all over the place because there's a lot of stuff that yeah. happens, yeah. But we'll see how it goes.
0: I mean, it's it's already running wrong, and this might be a long question, anyways. But I promise we'll read them next next episode, and you can email us at therunpod at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us, unless you have any other final thoughts on the prelude, the prologue, the wild hogs to Nightfall.
1: <laughs> no, I think I don't. No, right,
0: and until next time, uh, we will still try to figure out a sign-off for this show. Thank you for listening.
1: What's the Tim Allen? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's it until next time. <coughs> wow, you stuck with the show to the end. This show was produced and edited by me, as well as those Osa lovely vocals were by me. Also, a special thank you to Kimberly Lee for the show "Art." You can see more of her work at kimberlyleeart.weebly.com. If you truly enjoyed this, please share it and tell a friend, vote us five stars on whatever podcast platform you use. that would help us out tremendously. Thank you so much for listening.